We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Welcome to Profoundly Pointless. My name is Nick Vinzant. Coming up in this episode, Intimate Photography and Johns. I have a master's degree in chemistry. I was working in a marketing background and I had a top secret playboy career no one knew about. More and more we're seeing women who are not necessarily doing it as a gift for someone else. They're doing it for themselves. They want to feel confident and comfortable or uh, we had a woman who uh, was an avid scuba diver. So she brought like scuba, like the fins and the flippers and the mask and the snorkel. I want to thank you so much for joining us. If you get a chance, subscribe, leave us a rating or a review. We really appreciate it. It really helps us out. If you're a new listener, welcome to the show. If you're a longtime listener, thank you so much for all of your support. So our first guest has built a nationwide business based on intimate photography. But this is an erotica, and it's not always sexual. It's really about empowerment. This is boudoir photographer Joanna Tiger. How'd you get into this? Um, Well, the business sort of happened kind of on accident. I was a top secret Playboy model for many years of my life and top secret because nobody knew. And um, I had met a coworker. We were working at a marketing company together and she was sharing that her husband was overseas um, and she wanted to kind of send him some tasteful, fun, flirty photos. And I decided to confide in her that I had modeling experience in this world and maybe we should... um, try to get photos for her. So she had a photography background. So she talked me sort of through the photography piece. We had another photographer friend join us and uh, I was doing the posing and helping her get into these, you know, fixing hair and outfits. And uh, we did her photos and we started showing them to friends and family and everyone wanted photos. So we were working our full-time job in this marketing agency during the week and doing photo shoots on the weekend. And uh, that's, it just sort of happened organically and naturally from there. I have a master's degree in chemistry. I was working in a marketing background and I had a top secret playboy career no one knew about. <laughs> so is it, is it erotic? Is it semi-erotic? Like where, where's the line exactly? Yeah, I think it's, it's what you want it to be out of the shoot. So, I mean, erotic, you know, there's so many definitions for what that means to you or what that means to another person. So we follow our clients' lead. So wherever they're comfortable going, if they want to do birthday suit, fully nude photos, great. If they're not into that, we don't, you know, we don't push it. We don't ask for it. It's what you make the most of your shoot. You do what you want. So if it's lingerie or uh, we have some women who come and wear off the shoulder sweaters, or uh, we recently had someone who does roller derby and she brought her skates and all these, you know, things that are specific and important to her. So it's, I used to say it's tasteful. There's nothing 
overtly lewd or, you know, crude about it. And it's what our clients want out of their shoot. But they're trying to elicit a certain response from the person who is getting the picture, I assume, correct? Uh, well, the assumption there is that the photos are for someone else when they are not always for someone else. A lot of women are doing this to celebrate milestones in their own life or to, um, you know, um, kick off some big change. They want it, they want it, you know, they come in, they're so nervous, they come out, they feel amazing, and they start making other changes in their life. Or we have a lot of um, therapists who recommend women who have suffered some sort of sexual assault or sexual trauma who are looking to reclaim their sexual agency, they will come in for a photo shoot. Because it's a safe, structured environment where you can be vulnerable with other people and be supported through it. So yes, a lot of times it is for other people. It is a gift for someone else, but not always. Backing up just a little bit, like when we talk about like boudoir photography, mm -hmm. what exactly, like what, how would you kind of define what that is? Mm, well, I think what people think it is, is sexy photos. Uh, lingerie photography, but I think what it actually ends up being is confident building, empowering photo shoots um, in a supportive, judgment-free space. So it doesn't always have to be lingerie. We have women who will bring in summer dresses or boy shorts and tank tops, or so it doesn't have to be sexy by what society thinks sexy is. It can be whatever that means to you. Is it different than intimate photography or is that the same thing? It's I, just called something I think different. it's the same thing. It is an intimate photography experience. Yeah. How popular is this? Like if we surveyed, let's say one in 10 women, how many of them are getting this done? I think it's more popular than people know, than people would expect. I think for a long time, it was sort of something that wedding photographers offered to brides as part of their bridal package. So it was sort of this within the the bridal party maybe they knew about it uh, but now it has really expanded and it's everywhere like we operate in 26 different cities and we have competitors in all of those cities so it's it's pretty popular i i think if you said you know how many out of 10 six seven that many mm -hmm, huh mm -hmm. we kind of talked about this a little bit but to kind of put a finger directly on it, right? Like why do people usually come in? What's the reason that people are going to come in and get these done? I think it's different um, b by area. Like when we first, when we opened our first studio, we were right outside of a military base. So we saw a lot of military wives who were doing it as a gift for husbands who were potentially overseas or serving somewhere. Um, so that's one reason it's a big part of the, right now, our summer brides are doing it for wedding gifts for their partners. Um, but it's also women celebrating um, a divorce. They're so happy they're divorced. They want to come in and get these photos done. Um, I mean, we tell women all the time, like, you can do boudoir photography because all the socks matched up coming out of the dryer. Like, there's no right or wrong reason. You can come in for anything. And more and more, we're seeing women who are not necessarily doing it as a gift for someone else. They're doing it for themselves. They want to feel confident and comfortable in their body and have gorgeous images in the end to look at for themselves or potentially share with other people, but it's mostly for themselves. I kind of get that. Mm -hmm. I kind of don't get that. Maybe mm -hmm. it's just my personality, but like, I got a promotion at work. All right, let's get into the underwear and go take some pictures, <laughs> right? Like I don't, I get it, mm -hmm. but I don't 
Like, I don't get it at the same time. I think you have to go through the experience or know someone who's had the experience. Imagine, like, being, you know, it's a very nerve-wracking sort of, um, can be very scary and overwhelming to think about. Like, if someone showed up in my living room right now and was like, get in your underwear, I'm taking your photo. I'd be like, no, I am not ready. I haven't shaved. My I, my hair isn't the, what I would want to wear. I'm not wearing the right underwear. Like, no. So you the prep work and the preparation that you have to do to get ready for it, both mentally and in outfits and hair and makeup. It can be overwhelming and and scary. And am I good enough? And can I do these photos? And will I look good? And, oh, maybe I'll have one photo I like. Then you go through this super supportive, empowering, fun, celebratory experience. And you come out and you're like, I'm a flipping rock star. I can't, be- can't believe I did that. Anytime you overcome nerves, you know, when you come out on that other side of it, you're like, Woo! Like I, I did it. I'm, I feel so good. I feel amazing. What else can I do? So, I think that's where it comes from. Women are just looking to keep like celebration going, looking to s- celebrate themselves and feel amazing afterwards. I kind of get the ideas like I still got it or I got it mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. Is there is there like if you were to say like okay, my typical client like is there an age range? Is there a there really anything isn't. like that? We work with women from like in their. 20s all the way we've had 80 year olds come and shoot with us like all ages and my favorite actually i mean i can't say favorite because i love all of our clients but the older women more mature women who come in to shoot with us are the usually the most fun because they're at a point in their life where they are just they want to do it they wish they had done it years ago they're like they walk in the door and they are ready you know there's not a lot of hesitation they're just like where do I go? Where do I take my clothes off? Where, where are we going? What are we doing? I'm like, they're basically stripping as they come in the door, you know? <laughs> so are the photo, well, now does it take a special kind of photographer to do this? Absolutely. This is like one of the most, uh, vulnerable, scary things to walk into. So you, not only do you need to have a specific set of sort of photography skills to know, you know, what, what to capture within the image, but you have to be the most supportive, most loving, most warm, most um, like instantly become best friends with these women that come in. Like it's such a vulnerable experience. So you have to create a safe space. So it does take special skills to do this sort of photography. Do you get people who come in and are just extremely nervous? Like, oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I would say that's like 80% of our ladies. They, something inside of them really wants to do this photo shoot, but they are terrified, rightfully so. You're about to be in your underwear in front of a photographer and a shoot stylist, two women you've maybe never met before with a camera. It's like, even just saying that makes me, it's it's scary. But do men do it? Like I could just, me personally, mm-hmm. I could never see myself like, <laughs> all right, here we go. What go. if your like, partner wanted the photos, though? What if your partner was like, I would really love you to do these photos for me? I could never really see that side of myself. Mm-hmm. I, I would, but to, so to kind of get to the question, like, mm-hmm. do men do it? Because I would think that that's something that, like, probably would not be a lot of men. No, no, men do it. In fact, it has its own realm called dudoir. So instead of boudoir, they call it dudoir. And a lot of photographers offer it for men. Men are doing it for their partners. They're the same reasons women do it for themselves to have um, better body image, body positivity, body neutrality. But, yeah. 
men are doing it. All I would see is like, oh, that's looking a little different than it used to than it's used to look. <laughs> yeah, but that's the thing. You think you're going to pick yourself apart in the photos. You think you're going to see them and all you're going to focus on are the things that you focus on in the mirror that you're like, oh, I wish this was different or this isn't as what it used to look like when I was 18. And But you don't. You see these photos and you're like, holy moly, that's me? Like, that's what I look like? Yes. But is it like ultimately at the end of it, right? Like there's good lighting, there's a good photographer, maybe some editing, right? Like, is it really what the person looks like? It is really what the people look like. You are correct. The benefit of having a professional photographer, we're natural light photographers, so it's just the sun. We're not using any different lighting. Um, and having someone pose you absolutely makes a difference, but it's still you in the photo. Like before any editing even happens, our clients see their photos at the end of their shoot, they see all their photos. And 99% of the time, the reaction is, that's that's me with no editing. That's just me right out of the camera. And it's like, yes. And this is how the world sees you. You know, this is how, how you see yourself in the mirror and the way you kind of can pick things apart. The rest of the world is not doing that. They're not, not doing that. That is one thing that I always kind of wonder, maybe this is on topic, maybe this is off topic, but the idea of like, right, like you can look at the lighting that we have doing this, you can look at the pictures that you take like, well, which one is really me? Mm -hmm. Right? Like, I wonder, is like, do I look like that? Or do I look like what I look in the mirror? Right? And I always wonder about that. Like, who's what is other what do other people actually see? What version uh, of it? You know, we actually did this. This is going back to my college days, chemistry and physics and all of this. And when you're looking at yourself in the mirror, it's not an accurate representation of what you actually look like, even right now on this, because it's flat. When people look at you, they're not seeing flat. So we did experiments in school where we looked in mirrors that had angles all the way around. You see yourself and you go, oh, that's, I look completely different to other people than I do to myself in a flat mirror. So when you started, like when you look at kind of the business aspect mm -hmm. of it, I think you said 27 cities, when did it become kind of like, okay, this isn't just side projects, so to speak, like, oh, this is like, oh, I can, yeah, this is a whole thing. Yeah. Well, um, we started in the, in Maryland, that was our first state that we opened a studio and it was my business partner and I for about two and a half, three years. And in that time we opened a second location. Um, and then after three years, we were really very busy and it was like, okay, this is, it's either like it's decision-making time. Um, and I left my full-time job first to focus fully on the business. Um, and it just has grown since then. So we went into the pandemic with 16 cities and during the pandemic grew to 26 cities. So why other places were like, you know, really being, maybe not expanding, we were able to, because we were kind of slower, we were able to focus more in on the business. We were able to really expand during that time. So like if you had to put a number on it, on average, you're doing like how many shoots a week, a month, or whatever? Uh, I think we do between like 350 and 400 shoots a month. Holy crap. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I really thought you were going to say like three to four a week. No, right? no, no, but no. Like, oh, that's a. Yeah, but also across 26 cities. So some cities, oh, yeah. some cities are busier than others. Like our, some of our newer cities are growing and we're shooting there less because we're building. Um, and some of our more established cities like Maryland, New York, Philadelphia, um, DC, those cities are just, they, they're, there are a lot of shoots happening. 
So now when is somebody going to a suit studio, going to people's houses? Like, how does this work? We have a studio space in each location um, where we shoot. So you come to us. That way we have, you know, control over the environment and the lighting and all of those things. Um, so each of our locations has a, has a studio where you go and visit. And then within each studio, you will have um, a photographer who's either trained to be both a photographer and a stylist. So she knows both roles. Or you have two individual people, a photographer and then a separate stylist. The thing that I would imagine is, is like the thing next to the big post bed, right? Like. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm talking yes. about, right? Like, <laughs> like, do you, are there certain poses people do? There are Positions? some, I don't know. yeah, I think like there are some core poses that are sort of staple that most people want to do. Um, so yes, there are sort of, I would say core poses, but really it's, it, each shoot is tailored to the person coming in. So for us, before they come in, they do a survey, they let us know their pronouns they let us know what they're looking for out of the shoot what they um what they want in the end why are they coming in uh is it for a gift for someone else is it to celebrate something personal you know and then we're really working to sort of tailor the shoot to that so women will say on there i am so nervous i don't have any idea for poses i don't know what i'm doing i'm really leaning on you and then other women will go I have created a Pinterest board of 50 poses that I have to have. <laughs> and this is what I want to do in my shoot from, from start to finish. And so we just, we go, we, we're prepared for the ones that say, I have no idea. And we're prepared for the ones who say, this is what I want, exactly what I want. So, In the time that you've been doing it, would you say, is it getting more popular than it was before? About the same going down? Like where would you kind of see the I trend? I think it's more popular especially with things like um, OnlyFans. And we have a whole new market of, of women and content creators who are looking for uh, a large, you know, pool of photographs to pull from for, for their, for their jobs, for being content creators and for their OnlyFans and these sort of things. I think it's only growing. But nobody's like using this for like their LinkedIn You might be surprised. We can tell because it'll be a photograph cropped down to just like here. <laughs> and the other thing we see them for is for dating profiles. So like I said, it doesn't have to be lingerie. You can wear, it's, it's not quite lifestyle photography where you, you know, where it's very, um, it's not lifestyle photography. It's not professional headshot photography, but you can use a portion of your shoot in like an off the shoulder sweater or a tank top or something that you can use as a profile picture on dating sites. Are you ready for some harder slash listener submitted questions? I am. How sexual would you say that this is? It's not actually sexual. I would say like on a one to 10, it's like a zero or a one. It is, it is actually work. Posing is, I mean, I can tell you from my Playboy shoots and from working with so many clients, posing for these photos is the photo looks amazing and sexy, but the work that goes into it is work. Like our, after a shoot, you're a little sore. It's not really sexual. It's not sexually charged. It's more empowering. It's more, you got this, you can do this. You are doing this. Look how amazing you are. Area of the country that seems to embrace it the most, area of the country that seems to embrace it the least. Like, do you notice patterns across your different locations? Yes. I think our bigger cities, like New York City right now is embracing boudoir it is that's it's one of our most popular cities and that has been not a recent change it's always been a busier city but in recent months it is really picked up 
Um, and then we have tried to work in some smaller suburb cities and those are a little more difficult. Yeah. So I, I think like our New York City or Philadelphia, Chicago, uh, San Diego, these these locations, these bigger cities are really embracing it. I think the suburbs are a little bit harder. Do you see any differences between like the one that I would think of, right, is like the Midwest or the South, like the Bible Belt? Yeah. Do they, are they like secretly against it or secretly all about it? I think I, I wouldn't say there's 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 much difference. It might be that they're secretly really into it. People don't know they're doing it. I don't know necessarily where the photos are going after or who they're sharing them with or who's seeing them. But I think everyone wants, women everywhere want to feel confident, comfortable in their body, in their skin. They want to have photos that they can look at and go, I mean, think about how many selfies you take on your phone and you look through them. You know, people want to have nice photos of themselves that they enjoy looking at. I think that's universal. Most frequent request. There are specific poses I think every woman wants to do, um, and we name all of our poses. Um, so we have a pose called Babe, um, which is like, I can't even do it for you, but it's a, po it's a pose everybody wants. That's vi everyone asks for that. Um, you'll see it on our Instagram. And um, I think most women, the biggest request in their photos is just like, I want to look good. I want to feel good. I want these photos to look amazing. And that's, we hear that all the time. And also how nervous they are. Most unusual request. Like one that came in like, huh, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you know, unusual. I don't know. We've had some really fun props come into shoots. Um, we had a woman once who brought um, a stack of post-it notes and she kind of posted them all over the room. And the story there was that she um, had met her partner at work and they used to leave really flirty post-it notes on each other's desk at work. So she incorporated post-it notes into her shoot. Or uh, we had a woman who uh, was an avid scuba diver. So she brought like scuba, like the fins and the flippers and the mask and the snorkel and wore that as part of her shoot. It was so fun, but very unusual. You don't learn me think of like boudoir photography and snorkels. People are people. That's and I great. just could never imagine that like, oh yeah, baby, here's my scuba. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but you know what? She loved it and it was a big part of who she was and she wanted to bring it into the photos. So, you know. It's it's so fun to be on that side of it too, and hear all the stories behind what people are bringing and why they're bringing them. They're really amazing. Any have you ever done shoots at specialty locations? Um, we have. Um, we definitely have. We had a woman uh, once who um, she wanted to throw a party for um, her friends and do photos. Um, each one having their own individual shoot, but she had a gorgeous farm with a big, beautiful barn um, and all these fun settings. So we have done things outside of the studio, um, not really in recent days. It's mostly in the studio these days. Yeah. But we would love, like, I love the idea of like, oh, let's go do um, a weekend shoot in the Bahamas. You know, let's have, let's have a bunch of ladies come and we'll do photos all weekend and hang out on the beach. <laughs> that sounds amazing. I could just still never imagine like a big group of guys doing it. So, like, Come on, Steve. Yeah. <laughs> right? like, I, just... I don't know so much about the men's side of it. We're we're all female company and we work with female identifying or non-binary individuals only or, um, you know, trans women. We don't work with 
male identifying individuals. So I can't really speak to that. But I know in our world, there are photographers who are doing doudoir photography or boudoir photography for men all the time. Here's one of the more ironic ones. Mm -hmm. How often do you misspell boudoir? All the freaking time. <laughs> all the time. We started the business in 2009. And um, I just, I don't know why we did that to ourselves. Boudoir is... It's hard to spell and it's so hard for other people to say. We've heard every version of the word boudoir. I mean, every version of it. It's tough. It's B-O-U-D-O-I-R, uh -huh. right? Yeah. Booder. <laughs> I know. We've heard it all. Boud, 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 boud. I mean, I can't even say some of the things we've we've heard. Um, but, you know, it's part of the charm, I guess. <laughs> um, how much editing would you say you generally do to the pictures? Editing is by client. So we follow our client's lead. We have some clients who, well, first, all of our photos will get edited to remove distracting items like wall switches or outlets or to adjust color, hue, white balance. That's standard on all images. But as far as image um, editing bodies or editing the client in the image, it's up to our client. They tell us how little or how much they want. Do you see, like, I, maybe you've seen some of this stuff, maybe you haven't. I've only seen, like, various. Like, do you think that AI is going to play a role in this coming forward? I think so. I've seen some AI-generated um, editing um, programs. The, my only hesitation with that is where are those, especially in this space, where are those photos going? Once they are uploaded to be edited or worked on, where are they after that? that, that I think for me that would be a big security issue. It's not something we would, we're, we're doing because who knows where the images are going to go once they're in that space. But it is definitely, we know photographers and regular photography who are using AI to edit. What would you say to someone who wants to do this, but is very nervous about it? I would say it is so normal to be nervous. I never tell someone don't be nervous. There's no reason to be nervous. I'm, I'm a comedian. I get on stage often and perform. I, there's never a time that I don't walk out on stage where I'm not nervous. And I do it often. Or I was a Playboy model. There was never a time I went into a shoot where I wasn't like, here's the time they're going to find they're going to know I'm a fraud. They're going to find out I'm just a chemistry nerd. <laughs> that I don't know what I'm doing. And they're never going to want to shoot with me again. There was never a time I didn't feel like that. So it's okay. Just know that it's normal to be nervous. We're going to be right there by your side to like help you breathe through those nerves. And you'll notice if five minutes into the shoot, they're gone. They're just gone. You're just you and you're taking photos with your two new best friends who are hyping you up and supporting you. It's so normal to be nervous. Be nervous. It's okay. How much do you charge? How much should I pay for this? And I think that they mean in that sense of like, right, like what's, what's a price point that you would say like, oh, that's going to be somebody who's capable, right? Like not getting this done by Jan who's tried 20 bucks. Yeah. Like we that, talk right? about this often in, in our, in the business about, you know, showing up to Steve's house and he has a disposable camera, but he only charged you 20 bucks. Right. So, you know, there, it's a yeah. wide, wide range for us because we're so focused on giving this experience to as many individuals as we can. And our photo shoot is $55, which is crazy low in the, in the scope of things. Um, but you can expect to spend anywhere from like where we are at 55 up to three, four, 5,000, depending on how long you shoot, how many images you have, what products you order, 
Um, you know, some photographers charge by sets, how many different sets they use in your shoot. It's a huge range. So where does the kind of, in the business aspect of it, like where is the money, so to speak, made? Is it made off the f amount of time that the photographer is shooting in buying the pictures or the editing? Like where is Yeah, kind of like I think it's a, it's a broad stroke. So some photographers will sell packages of, that are like three or 4,000. And that includes your photo shoot, your outfits, hair, makeup an album, digital images, you know, it might include a whole host of things. And then other photographers like us, we're on the lower side for the photo shoot experience. And then if you want to own images from that, I mean, our, our package includes two edited images. So we want you to come in, have the experience, and we want you to have photos from it, no matter what. And then if you choose to add more, that might be where more of the cost comes in. Um, you know, it just, it's a wide range. That's honestly pretty much all the questions that I have. Is there anything that you think that we missed or? I don't think so. No, I don't think so. Where can people get a hold of you? Where can they find out more about the, about the business? Okay. Our website is three boudoir. <laughs> I'm going to spell it B O U D O I R. Uh, so you can find us at three boudoir.com three boudoir on Instagram, three boudoir on Facebook, three boudoir on TikTok. You can find us all those places. Congratulations. It sounds like it's going well, right? It is. And I love my flipping job. Like if you had told me when I was in the lab doing all this chemistry stuff and then secretly being a Playboy model that my Playboy career was going to like come into play much later in life into, into everything that I do, I would have never believed you. And here it is. And I freaking love it. Oh, I missed this one. Most, most common outfit that people wear. Um, most common outfit. This, wow. Most, I would say probably like, um, matching bra and panty sets are most common, but I don't really even know if that's fair to say because, man, the outfits run the gamut. It's everything from, we had a woman recently in full latex head to toe. I mean, not that that's the most common, but we do see latex and we see summer dresses and we see, um, we see, we see so much. We see every, everything you can imagine. Do you see any differences in people if they're coming in for, for their partner versus themselves? Um, I think the people who are coming in at their partner's request may be the ones who are um, a little more nervous, a little more like, I'm only doing this for him or her. I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing, you know, um, maybe so. But the fact that they're there, maybe there's, you know, a piece of them that wants to do the shoot too. They just need a little extra love and support and encouragement. Yeah. But I think they're probably maybe a little more nervous. I want to thank Joanna so much for joining us. If you want to connect with her, we have linked to her on our social media accounts. We're profoundly pointless on threads, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. And we've also included her information in the episode description. The YouTube version of this interview will come out on August 3rd at 4.30 p.m. specific. I always say specific. It's so easy to say specific instead of Pacific, but it's 4.30 p.m. Pacific. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. 
We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Okay. Now let's bring in John Shaw and get to the pointless part of the show. Could you ever see yourself getting intimate photos of yourself taken? No, actually. I don't... I, I don't know how I've made love before. I feel bad for the person on the opposite end. I've never even under... <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> I think a lot of people probably do, right? Like, <laughs> I mean, when I think about it, I'm like, man, you know, and I, I'm not really even trying to be funny. I'm just like, you think about some relationships. I mean, there are some people who are champions because, I, I, you know, yeah, I'll just say that. But have you ever had a relationship where you think, like, man, you know what? I maybe didn't satisfy them. Uh, hmm. Like, so when we say satisfy, you mean strictly one way, right? Yeah, you didn't get the job done in the physical realm. I mean, there's been mo. I mean, there's been moments. I wouldn't say relationships, but there's been instances where you're like, yeah, I didn't. <laughs> I know I didn't do good, good no job. Yeah, I'm gonna say that there's definitely been moments. But I can probably bat maybe seven or eight out of ten. <laughs> Especially once you've been like, I mean, I've been with the same woman for ten years, right? Like, eventually you learn the combination to the save. Listen, I need your opinion on something. Relationship related, okay? Okay, okay, okay. So my uh, my wedding anniversary is, uh, so we record this on Mondays. My wedding anniversary is August the 5th. It's the upcoming Saturday. Okay. It also happens to be SummerSlam. WWE SummerSlam in Detroit. I bought tickets. I will be going to SummerSlam. However, a couple of weekends ago, my wife goes, you know, I I know you were thinking about staying downtown Saturday. How about you stay downtown Friday and Saturday? And she booked me two nights. And it was not cheap, but she booked me two nights on our wedding anniversary weekend so I can go nerd out. The SummerSlam. So is it a trap? Am I getting divorced? I don't know what to think right now. Well, she's probably got another dude. She wants both <laughs> nights, right? Because you're not getting the job done. So she wants <laughs> she wants him to come over both nights. You know, well, at this at this point in my life, I don't even know if I would be that angry, man. Just Yeah, like how far into a relationship would you be okay if like somebody else was coming over and getting the job done, but you got a free weekend? I mean <laughs> That's tough, man. That's a. You can do whatever you want, right? Okay. You can do whatever you want. What absolutely whatever you want for a week, but some other dude or significant other or whatever you're interested in is going to come over and take care of business. Uh, I mean, but I got to get, but you you get your own week. How many years into the relationship before you're going to be like, you know what? I'll take that deal. <laughs> I mean, I joke. I, I I'm not entirely sure I could ever do that. I'm I'm kind. I don't know. I just can't picture that happening. I don't think my wife would ever do that first off. But secondly, I feel like I'd be like, yeah, do it. Do it, honey. And then as soon as like someone showed up in the, in the driveway, I'd start firebombing their car or something. But you're not going to see this person hear about it whatsoever. <laughs> I'm going to say 25 years. Oh, man. 25 years, I would start to consider it. I'd be like, you know what? Man, that is that's tough. That is a good one. Uh and it's a special event. You get to go like the World Cup. Oh god. You get to go to the Olympics, something that only happens every once in a while. You're, you get to go do it. Year 7. 
<laughs> you don't get any questions asked about what you were doing while you were gone, though. Oh, I mean, I'll, you know, I'll say 20. 2025 is about right. I mean, I feel like by then your kids are, if you choose to have children, kids are grown. And uh, it's just you and your spouse or significant other. Yeah. But the problem is by the time the kids are out of the house, you can probably go ahead and do that stuff anyway. <laughs> you would... I, I don't think that I would ever accept that deal, but I would start to think about it around 25 years. Other people, like, man, they have completely open relationships. I don't know how somebody could do that. That, to me, I could, like, ooh. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, like I said, I, I, I talk a big game, but I think if my wife was to actually present me with that, like, hey, I, I'd like to get it on with somebody else, uh, you know, while you're gone or whatever. Uh, I don't, I'd, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. What if he was... A quarter of the man you are. <laughs> no, I think I'd want him to be triple the man that I am. You'd rather have him be a bigger man than you. I mean, I'd yeah. I mean, listen, if she's gonna do it, I mean, might as well be worth her while. Oh, I'd go the completely opposite way. I'd rather have, I'd rather have my wife <laughs> go behind my back with a man who was much smaller. No, I, I, I'd, I mean, fuck. I mean, have it be any any big time celebrity you can imagine. The Rock, for all I care, have it be him. Would you rather have it be a celebrity, somebody you know, or just a random person? I feel like a celebrity would be more justifiable than just a rando. No, I would be pissed off about a celebrity because that would be like you threw this away for just this, like a thing that was never going to turn into anything. I, I do think there would be a, a part of me, though, that if it was a celebrity where I was like, okay, all right, I mean, I get it. Leonardo DiCaprio wanted to have a fun night. Okay, okay sure. Whatever, I guess. But if, okay, if you're like, maybe this is just my personality, but I would feel like at some point enough is enough, right? Like, man, I've had 72 different burger restaurants, right? Like, I don't <laughs> need a different burger every single night. You know what I mean? Like, wouldn't you, well, by the age of like 40 or 50, just be kind of, whoo, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm a little tired here. I've, I've always thought those numbers are complete lies. When you hear about oh yeah, like there's Wilt Chamberlain that would like he said twenty thousand, but they would yeah. average out to three people a day for twenty <laughs> years. Like that's not even possible. Or like Jack Nicholson, like I mean, drugs and alcohol can only get you so many, you know, partners for God's sakes. Uh, I mean, I guess for Leonardo, at least he's good looking, but but you would have to just be like. I don't know how that situation, if I was completely alone in my house all the time, nonstop, every day, I couldn't, you know, browse the internet three or four times a day. <laughs> so I don't know how that's even possible that that could, that that would work out with people. Those numbers have to be like, I mean, I'm, I'd give a fourth of it is probably the real truth. I mean, listen, you're, if you're a fourth of 20,000, you're still having, you're still having a lot of fun in your life. Yeah, but I don't know how your private parts haven't just fallen off at that point, right? <laughs> like, if you look at the statistics behind STDs, like, it's pretty high up there. So if you're yeah. banging that many, like, you probably got a little bit of everything. Especially back when he was doing it. I mean, back when things kind of ran around, you didn't know a lot back then or weren't educated enough as a world. Oh, right, but if he's got five inches, 4.9 of that is straight disease. Just crab infested just nasty yeah. oh let's let's move on let's yeah move on. uh <laughs> so last week we had a great segue to shout outs are we gonna use 
this to go into shout shoutouts? Is that your question? Was that it? I have no, I don't know what you're talking I really honestly don't even know what you're talking about. I already forgot. All right, good. Uh, so here's some shoutouts. Is that your record player? It is, yes. God, you're a snob. Anyways. You are a suit. That is the most old-timey looking wooden record player that you could have possibly gotten. John, for people who maybe are not familiar, John is a snob. John is a beer snob. John is a music snob. John is a snob. And if you can see his record player, it looks like it was made in the 1820s. And you're a snob. First off, uh, two explanations. One, that is actually a pretty contemporary-looking new uh, record player. I wish I'm I had. Sure it was, I'm, I'm sure it was made school. new, but you bought it purposely so it looked old. I mean, I bought it for the wood finish, yes. Secondly, I don't have to drink 10 Bush Lights anymore or, you know, do whatever. I am fine. I have earned my place to be a beer snob. I can have one or two very nice craft beers and enjoy my evening. I do not have to to prove myself anymore. That's I just where want I you. To, I just want you to admit that you're a snob. I mean, I think I've said several times on on here that I'm I'm a beer snob. Yes. Yeah, but you didn't. No, I'm not talking about just beer. I'm talking about no. your taste. You have snobby taste as you're picking your nose. You get it? <laughs> I have like a hair up there. I'm trying to like do it like nah, 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 nah you know, discreetly. Um, but well, you, you, you did call me out on it. Uh, well, yeah, dude, it's pretty easy to tell if somebody's picking your nose. There's no way to hide if you're picking your nose. Speaking of. I told uh, a group of people the other day that I would get my my nose waxed. Okay, do it. Film it. I think I. I, I mean, I would. I. Uh, uh, th- we've talked once again on this podcast about how I don't grow hair, but I grow sometimes my nose hairs like curl around that middle Ew. part of your nose oh, and like they can touch. Oh, like little That's crab disgusting. hands. Disgusting. Well, just tidy it up. I don't know why you would get that waxed. That's one of the easiest things to tidy up. Man, yeah. just get a nose trimmer. I'm going to get a nose job and a wax. I'm surprised you don't have like a special nose barber shop that you go to with oh your snob God. taste. I go to Just a say regular... that you're a snob. Just say you have snobby taste. That's all I want to hear. I don't have snobby taste. You have a wooden record player behind you. It's actually one of the cheapest ones you can buy, and it's pretty contemporary. Snobs. No, no person who isn't a snob would use the word contemporary. Anyways, uh, I'm sorry that I use words that you don't recognize uh all right can we get back to shout outs that sure. are not std affiliated uh julio smith hannah salamanca rachel baker victoria antoinette caitlin mullard lance gomez chelsea rose a lot of uh, a lot of the female interest this week that's Sure did a lot with this podcast, I'm sure, as we talked about STD. We actually things. have about a most of, half of our audience is women. It's probably because we're so good looking. Uh, Kenny Alvarez, Nolan Robinson. Or because we're non-threatening, androgynous looking males, <laughs> right? Like these guys ain't going to worry about them for shit. And Tyrone Anderson finally got through my shout outs, uh, but there they are. Uh, all right, so let's uh, let's get to a little bit of profoundly pointless factor fiction. No, oh, okay. <sighs> Anyways, all right, so uh, let's see. So if, if you haven't tuned in yet, I basically asked Nick uh, four things, and uh, he's done. You've done pretty well, actually, differentiating what's fact and what isn't. One time, you even were wrong, and you still took it to the masses, and you've 
you and your uh, uh, cult followers still thought you were right, which you weren't. But regardless, uh, we'll start off with this one here. Uh, let's see. Cracking your knuckles will give you arthritis. No. Uh, that is actually true. No, it's not. No, it's not. You're right. Absolutely right. So uh, really cracking your, your – oh, boy. Let me get back in focus here. Uh, actually, hold on. It's going to be a while. What is wrong with this thing? Because your head's bright red and the camera doesn't know where to focus. <laughs> Anyways, yes, cracking your knuckles <laughs> uh, does not uh, give you arthritis. Actually, it really has nothing to do with your joints in general. Um, all right, let's let's go to another one here. Uh, dueling is legal in Paraguay. I know it's legal some places. I have no idea about the interim. How would I know if it's legal in Paraguay? You just have to answer the question, Nicholas. Yes. Wow. Fantastic. According to this article that was put on CNN about 10 years ago, uh, it's only legal, however, if both parties are registered blood and organ donors. Oh, that's a good idea for them. <laughs> Could you imagine, like, going through all that? It's like, all right, it's time to duel. Well, it wasn't. I know you got to be. I've got no problem with that. If I... two people wanted to fight it out to the death and have a duel, I got no problem with that. I got no problem with that. I don't generally have mm. a problem with people getting in a fight with each other. Like, I would never be like, if two guys were having an argument and then got into a fight and it was just over, like, something benign, right? Like, not something illegal had transpired before that. But if two guys just got in a fight, I'm not calling the cops. <laughs> like, I'm just going to watch it. I just wonder, like, like what? Oh, they're fighting. So, like. When I see this, I wonder, like, what are they dueling with? Like, are they using nine millimeters? Are they using revolvers? Samurai swords? If you were gonna have a duel, how would you do it? I would go with a with a like a bullet, like a gun. I I would not want to get. I I don't. I, I'll show up to a gunfight. I do not want to walk into a sword fight. I would do it where they got to be like old timey pistols. <laughs> I mean, you're gonna need a pretty big bullet to get through my carcassy ass. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's mostly soft. <laughs> you kidding me? Uh, all right. Next one here. Uh, I got no problem with dueling. I got no problem with dueling. I think if, like if it was legal in Washington where I live and I was watching, I, I would actually go and watch it. Like if they had the dueling grounds because dueling was legal, I'd go. Watch um, it. Everybody I, would. That'd be the biggest spectator sport in the world. So for some reason, this one was uh, actually provided to me uh, while I was talking to the podcast with a couple of friends, and I, uh, I, I didn't know if this was true or not. So I'm curious to see what you say. Uh, but your stomach can dissolve razor blades true or false oh you got like acid that's some of the strongest acid in the world is in your stomach man i would say yes three for three ding 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 yeah your stomach acid i don't remember what the scale is but there's like the ph scale mm -hmm. and your stomach's like a two it's like one of the highest acids around it's yeah it's quite incredible which makes makes you think no wonder the acid is so strong because all the chicken wings i eat you just oh, think about it, you got to be able to burn through, man. <laughs> All right, last one here. Walt Disney's body is cryogenically frozen. I don't think that that's true. That is not true. It is a myth. 
that has been proven to not be true uh, multiple times. But apparently, if anyone was wondering, he's been cremated and uh, his physical body's long gone. Well, do you want to be cremated? Yes. Just straight up cremated, or do you want to be like planted as a tree? <laughs> Uh, I mean, as of this point in my life, I'm fine with just being cremated. Um, I think it's well, it's way cheaper. It's less of a hassle on your family. Um, you know, I just, I don't know. I, I don't really, why would I, uh, my thought on it is why would I want to be put into a box, put into the earth where I'm going to decompose anyways, probably get eaten by things that eat through the box. I mean, otherwise you're just going to be turned into an urn and put on somebody's counter. I mean, maybe Big Lebowski me. Just throw me into Donnie's face on a cliff somewhere. I would, I, for some reason, like, I could be turned into, like, a bush. Like, uh, like a blueberry bush. Like, something that produces fruit. Like, ah, uh, mix me in with a bush or something. I mean, that would be kind of cool, I suppose. But knowing me, like, I would get taken out by a hurricane or something. Well, there goes Jones. <laughs> Fat ass. <laughs> like, yeah. he's dead. But do you have any relatives that you go and visit their gravesite? Uh no. I don't either. I would maybe I would if I lived in my hometown. But otherwise oh. no. I don't have anybody that I would go and visit. Yeah, I don't. I don't uh no. I, no. I mean mo- a lot of my family is buried in Kentucky, so I wanted to go to visit them. I have to drive 10 hours, but uh, no, I don't even think I would if I lived there, to be honest. Sorry, family. I'm always surprised that you have family in Kentucky. Kentucky. Does that surprise you? Look at me. Seem like more of a northern person. Oh, thank you. With my red face? Yeah, like you're allergic to the sun. Well, that is true. Because you're too busy staying inside in your basement, listening to your fancy records. That is not true, actually. Uh, All right, are we ready for the... Oh, okay, 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 he's on it. It's it's time. The outlaw candle connoisseur rides again. Candle of the month. I still can't do a horse. Every once in a while I can like... <laughs> your, whole, your whole system shakes when you do it. That sounds like a horse. That's pretty good, that's pretty good. Yeah, it's not bad. All right, well, uh, I, I was waiting for you to finish. Uh, so this was supposed to be a joke, first off, that I that I got uh, about a year ago from a friend, a coworker actually, uh, who knew that I liked candles. So we'll start off with the with the with the company. It's called the Magic Candle Company. I believe they are online only, but they specialize in kind of uh, a different scents, scents you don't uh, you wouldn't expect. So. Um, though I have three of their scents, I picked out and I, I lit them all uh, in the month of July on purpose. Uh, I'm going to go with Tiki Terrace as my candle of the month by Magic Candle Company. It magically transports you to an are you island. Sure it's not, are you sure it's not Tiki Terrace? Could be Terrace. Tra- Could be Terrace. I, I was, you know, that, that's one of those words. You don't know if it's Terrace, Terrace. Well, how is it spelled? You could look it up. It's Terrace, T-R-R-A-C-E. Terrace. Terrace. Thought it would give a little a little substance to the to the candle. But uh, uh, okay. Tiki. Okay. Tell tiki. us about the candle. What's Therese. the smell? How's the I mean, burn time? I want, everyone, I want everyone to just take a second here. Close your eyes. We're going to transport to a magical place. 
with hot Polynesian men holding tiki things. And it smells like burnt ashes in ocean and suntan lotion. And uh, it's fantastic. I know it's um, <laughs> in all in all seriousness, it's, it's one of those candles that I, I've been waiting. Like I, I had to go deep into the, the back shelf and I was like, you know what? These look fun. I'll try them. And uh, this one was just, uh, it, it, was, it was good. I don't know how else to, how else to explain it. it. It's pretty quick. Like, they're not very big candles. It was like a 10-hour burn, uh, but I did let it burn all the way through. It's only one wick, a wood wick, which creates a natural cracking sound. Um, but, yeah, they're good. I mean, it's it was refreshing. Put it on at a couple of beers, watch a TV show. It was good. It was good. There, I don't think of, I can't imagine a lot of wood wick candles. Woodwick. Woodwick. Uh well, uh, you know, they're they're starting to come around. A lot of these small independent uh candle makers use them. They provide a little more natural feel, sound. Uh but yeah, check them out. Magic Candle Company. They have plenty of uh of different scents, but the Tiki Terrace is the one that I recommend. Um, you know, I got the large or uh, I burned I think the large candle, which is probably twenty bucks or so. Um Went pretty fast, so might want to grab a few if you're going over there. Can you? I'm not familiar with the sounds of different wicks. Could you uh, give us an example of what the wood wick sounds like? Oh, I mean, I don't know if I could do it justice, but it's like, oh, don't stop. I, yeah. I, <laughs> oh god. You asked That's, for it. I didn't realize it was one of the worst sounds imaginable. I mean, I, I don't know. It's 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 hard to recreate, but think of uh think of being by a fire and you hear the the crackles of the wood with the. So there's like a. No, nah, there's like not a lot a... of there's not a lot of hissing. There's a lot of cracking. Like. Oh yeah, that's not like because the sound that you were making sounds like what it sounds like when somebody dips something in ranch and then eats it. Like oh, like... that's just disgusting sounding. Like, that's gross. Oh, I hate that sound. Anyways, Tiki Terrace Magic Candle Company. Check them out. Uh, I actually don't know a lot about them other than I got a couple of candles, maybe as a gag gift, but they ended up turning out to be fantastic, uh, fantastic. So, How jealous were you of the fact that I walked past a candle-making studio the other day? <laughs> I would love it, actually, if, if we could ever um, take this podcast to where I could just do candles. That would be a dream. Come on, man. You know what? We should get candles with you and mine, with you and me on them. Just our faces? Face candle? Yeah, profoundly pointless. Like, you know, we can have the autographs on it. Maybe you're, you and me, you're my, you and my our, face. Our pictures on the candle? Yeah. Do they make candles like cakes where you could get your face as a candle? Oh, yeah. Go on Pinterest, Etsy. I mean, there's all kinds of companies. I actually was just gifted, uh, and I thought about making this the candle of the month, but it wouldn't make any sense. Uh, really, but a Pinterest. My wife had like a, a, a custom candle made, and it's the Rock for SummerSlam because my wife is the best. God. Anyways, yeah. Well, man, yeah, she definitely wants you to leave for the weekend. Oh yeah, have a real man come in. I mean, she's gonna she's have. Like, oh, go Friday and Saturday. Actually, she... maybe even Thursday. You know what? Thursday through Monday. Just go ahead and. I mean, take are... your time. Aren't you flying in? Aren't you coming in? I would like. That's one of those events. Now, if it was WrestleMania, I would like. That's one of those events that, like, oh, I would like to attend that. I don't even care about going in, but I would have liked to attend for the atmosphere. 
like the it's, Super Bowl or the fi- finals or the World Cup or the WrestleMania, like something that you would be like, oh, I bet that's a pretty cool atmosphere. I could care less about the event, but the atmosphere would be pretty cool. <laughs> I, I mean, that's it, right? I mean, that's, yeah. Being there around all of our people, and I, you know, and by our people, I mean nerds, wrestling nerds. I'm in it. I'm in it to win it completely. Well, represent us. Represent I, us proud. Um, are you ready? Are you ready for us? Are you ready? Yes, I am ready. ready? Yes. All right. So our our top five is top five Johns. What's your number five? Uh, So I am one through five. Just John Schull. Just one through five. No, I'm kidding. Um, So this was actually a lot harder than I thought it was. There's a big difference between modern Johns and the historical Johns. I think that John is one of the names that has been declining over time. Most, But I only put in Johns that were influential in my lifetime okay uh i am similar i suppose uh my number five is john stewart okay yeah i mean i don't have an issue with that talk show host for years and now he's become an an advocate for many you know actually important things so you know he uh yeah i it might seem a weak number five, but when you think about it, he deserves at least at least a place somewhere near the top five, Johns. My number five is John Cena. I think that he is somebody who not as influential as a lot of other Johns, but he did some things that were kind of cultural iconic moments, right? Like you can't see me. So many people still like that was a big deal. He was he's a pretty famous person. He's a Listen. pretty famous John. He is. Uh, I don't think he deserves to be on the list, but um, my number four is a tie because I couldn't decide which musician to put on, so I'm going to put them both at uh, at number four, and that's going to be John Lennon. Can you guess the, the other John? Probably my number four of John Denver. Uh, no, Johnny Cash is my number four. Oh, my number four is John Denver. I think that John Denver is probably a more influential person than Johnny Cash. Maybe not as good of a musician. I don't know enough about music, but I think that more people know who John Denver is than Johnny Cash. I would say for all three of those individuals, maybe maybe, maybe John Lennon not, not included, but it's really like a genre thing, right? Like anyone country, bluesy, maybe Rocky knows uh, Johnny Cash. Um, John Denver, pop, folk, rock, but... It's country. Like yeah, yeah, rock. but I mean, he was more of a folk, you know. He, I mean, I, I don't know. It's hard to say. They're they're both icons. They both deserve to be on the list. John Lennon is just. I mean, he's just. He'll be remembered forever as maybe the best John musician ever. See, but he's one of the ones that like I know that he's famous, but I don't know what he actually supposedly did besides being a member of the Beatles. I mean, was... I don't know if he wrote a lot of the songs, or I know that he was kind of famous social like socially famous as well but the thing with johnny cash is like i know johnny cash's name and his look mm-hmm. far more than i actually i don't actually couldn't name the i couldn't actually if you were to give me a quiz between is this a willie nelson song or a johnny cash song i don't think i would know i'm not sure if i know any johnny cash songs well that's absurd and to save you from uh getting ridicule uh yes john lennon uh, probably more more famous as a songwriter uh, than an actual musician, but I only say that just because he was an amazing songwriter 
obviously the Beatles broke out. Uh, you know, Imagine is one of the greatest songs ever. That's why it's withstood the test of time. And then obviously he was a socialite. Oh, I didn't know that he did that. I didn't realize that was him. And the, the way that he was killed was, you know, obviously just another cement of his legacy. Hmm. Okay, what's your number three? Well, this one is a complete Homer pick, but I'm putting it out there anyways, and my number three is John Candy. Oh, okay. Not not that well known, probably internationally. Definitely not today, I'm sure. Uh, but man, at the when he was at the top of his game, you know, back in the late '80s, early '90s, he was definitely an actor that you know you could probably go to 20, 30 countries around the world and they would know who he was. He was that's I actually have John Candy as my number two. Oh, I think he okay. would. He's one of those actors along the lines of Tom Hanks, Robin Williams, that's just universally beloved. I mean, like nobody's got a complaint about John Candy. I mean, you can't say that he was the most healthiest of humans, uh, but he was apparently he was just, a great, a great person. Yeah. Yeah. I don't <laughs> think that there's a lot of actors that you can kind of point to the, the downside of them, that they were jerks or that they were this or that they were that. But John Candy seemed to be universally beloved. Um, so what's your number three? My number three is going to have to be, I think, Johnny Depp. I don't really, I'm not a huge fan, but I think that you have to acknowledge that he's pretty famous. Yeah, I mean, he's, I mean, how many major franchises has he been been a part of other than, you know, obviously Pirates. Uh, my, my thing with him is he's like Nicolas Cage to me. Like, he's, oh, I mean, he's going to go down so as, good. he's going to go down as one of the greatest ever, but it's at the same point, it's like he had such an up and down career uh, if he didn't get that Disney partnership like Nicolas Cage did with uh, the Lost Treasure movies or whatever they're called, Last Treasure. National would he... Treasure. And I know a lot of people out there, especially some of my friends, are going to be rolling their eyes right now and saying that Depp and Nicolas Cage's best stuff was in the 90s before he went mainstream. That's not my point. My point is, would he be remembered uh, if he didn't get that Disney contract to do the series of Pirates movies? Oh, I see what you're saying. That's kind of a hard question, right? Like, would... That definitely launched him to another level higher than Nicolas Cage. Like, people knew who he was. Nicolas Cage is not one of the greatest actors of the generation, right? Like, come on now. That's, <laughs> that's ridiculous. Uh, no, um, definitely, definitely not. Johnny Depp's a little bit more famous. Who's, so, wait, are we then at your, are we at your number one? No, we're at my number two. Oh, okay, okay. Which is Johnny Carson. What's, yeah, you can make an argument he kind of started that whole late night thing, but it was before my time. Well, that that's a, but... And yes, once again, we sound like old curmudgeons. I know probably a lot of the younger generation that listens is going to go, who is that? But he was like the founding father of late night television. I mean, you anybody from 1980 on. Yeah, he was. Yeah, I mean, he. So I, I had to put him somewhere. And, uh, I, you know, I, I feel number two was, was a good spot for him. Yeah. John and I are both childs of the 80s, right? So Johnny Carson was still probably doing it when we were i remember if i was to think of that show i kind of remember jay leno's run more than johnny carson's it was like jay leno's when yeah when so we i'm growing up i'm looking it up right now so he was uh so he did 90, i bet i bet i bet he did it till 92 uh, uh hold on one second here oh i'm actually interested like what his run was I know if if I was good at this, I'd be able to uh, find it. Do you know how to search on the internet? 
Yeah, I know how to search the internet. Uh, so it was uh, October 1st of 1962 to May 22nd of 1992. So Ooh, 30 so I was, years. I was right. I said 92. Yeah, and then uh, and then uh, and then I think Leno took over probably shortly thereafter, if not immediately. And then Leno did it until what their mid two thousands, two thousand tens. Yeah, so. I never liked the guy who's doing it now. I'm not even gonna mention his name, but it's pandering, and it's like it's he too, doesn't I, even I, get a mention. Doesn't even get a mention. Who's your number one? Oh, <sighs> you can't say John Cena. Don't. No, it is not John Cena. Cena. Stupid. I, I'm just going to say, John Madden. He's not number one, man. But I mean, he's pretty influential in that field. But multiple fields, from a football coach and football to being a spokesperson for some of the most catchiest uh, products. Tough acting, ten acting, boom! Uh, to a video game franchise. Uh, but not just boys, but I mean, girls too. I mean, Madden from what, 1997 until today is still, I mean, I don't know the numbers, but it has to be one of the highest selling sports franchises ever. And he hasn't been involved with it probably since the late 1990s. Well, I mean, he is dead. <laughs> yes, he is dead now. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, I just, it just made sense. Made sense to me. I... I can buy this argument that for our generation and younger, he might be the most influential John in some ways. Everybody does know who he is. My number one is kind of along those lines. And I think that not only is he the number one John, but he is the singular talent on this list is John Williams, the composer who did Star Wars, (laughs) Harry Potter, E.T., all those things. I think John Williams is the number one John of our lifetime. I mean, John Williams, is he, he's, yes. If you're going to go deep, that's a deep dive. That's a deep dive but, pick, but I think he's the number one John. He's definitely an honorable mention. If And maybe educated folks, folks who, like, research Johns would say him. But um, j- just as like regular commonplace Johns, no, he wouldn't be. You know, he's a behind the scenes guy. No one knows. He's not a behind. He's a behind the scenes guy that was so singularly talented that he was elevated to common knowledge. Like people know who John Williams is. They know that music. Do you want me? To, do you want the list? Star Wars, Harry Potter, Jurassic Park, E.T. Like he has scored some of the biggest films ever, and made yeah. those films in some ways. I am not saying that he should not be on the list. I'm just saying if we're going in terms of, uh, uh, of you know, if you're basing your list a little bit about popularity and knowing the person, then he wouldn't be on the list. If you're going cultural, um, you know, cultural importance, yes, by far. Hmm, I think a lot of more people know who John Williams is than you give credit for. I, I, I'm, I'm probably wrong. Usually who's your, am. Who's, your, who's in your honorable mention? Uh, so I got John Travolta. Didn't really want to put him on there, but I feel yeah, like I felt to. the same way about John Travolta, but not really a co- in our lifetimes. He hasn't really been in that many besides Pulp Fiction. He hasn't really been in that many big movies in our lifetime. Uh, I do have John Wayne, John Denver. Uh, I put John Bon Jovi. I'm on a music kick. Um, John Favreau or Favreau. 
Favreau. Uh, yeah, and then I have John Goodman, but I could see John Goodman. That's I don't think that John Favreau. Favreau. Maybe the problem is is that he shifted a little bit more behind the scenes. I mean, your number one was a guy who's done nothing but be behind the scenes. Yeah, but he was so good at it that he broke out. I don't think John Favreau has done that yet. Um, I wanted to put Elton John on there. I don't know if that count quite counts, though. He is a John in a way. No, that doesn't count. Um, pretty much nobody else. I mean, I think the historical Johns, if you went with it, the people that like had influences before our lifetimes, John F. Kennedy, you Herbie Hancock, who? John Hancock. You know, you know the joke out of Tommy Boy Herbie Hancock. No, no, oh. I don't. Sorry. Okay. That's the worst when you tell a joke that nobody gets. <laughs> it's, it is the worst. John Hancock, though. But I would say John F. Kennedy is probably, if you polled people maybe who are in their 50s and older, he would be number one. He'd be up there for sure. Definitely. John, John Wayne would, too. I have a rant about John Wayne. Do you want to hear my John Wayne rant? Sure. I have always been fascinated that he became like the epitome of American manliness, patriotism, and all those kind of things. Like, he became the epitome of manliness, serving your country. But he didn't actually fight in the war. He became famous for making movies about a war that he didn't fight in. I mean, because he was that good of an actor, I guess. There were plenty of World War II actors that actually went into the war and came out and were superstars. I See, I wouldn't say John Wayne was, uh, was a like a, you know, I don't know. Whatever, define manliness. He was famous, though, for being like the American man. And he didn't fight in the war where so many other people. I just find that fascinating that he's held up as this virtue of like man. But yet he didn't go fight in the war when everybody else did. Uh, Who is the uh, the epitome, as you said multiple times already, uh, of of American manliness to you now? Hmm. Like a man's man? Like right a man's now? man. I don't think anybody. <laughs> I don't think that there's anybody that you would point to now and say, like, that's that's the epitome of American manly. A man's man across all things. I would agree with you. Okay, that's going to go ahead and do it for this episode of Profoundly Pointless. I want to thank you so much for joining us. If you get a chance, leave us a quick review. We really appreciate it. Really helps us out. And let us know who you think are some of the best Johns. I really think that if you did this list over the last 100 or 200 years, the list is completely different. But Johns have kind of fallen off in the last couple of decades. I don't think that we have as strong of Johns right now as we did in the past. Except for John Candy. I mean, John Candy's fantastic. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.